Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the first episode of No Funk and Strictly Monkin, the one and only Monk Rewatch Podcast. And I don't know if that's necessarily true. You could have a rogue podcast somewhere that's not on Apple that I can't find. But as far as I know, this is the only active Monk Rewatch Podcast. My name is Jake Christie, and I'm joined today by my good friend all the way on the other coast, the West Coast. Some might say the best coast, some might say the worst coast. Both work, Andre Barrera. Hello, hello, hello. And I am excited to be joined by Andre because this show, there's some rewatch podcasts. They're just two people reminiscing about the same bits over and over again, talking about what they love, like that they've always loved, all that. We're not doing that because I love Monk. I've seen every episode of Monk multiple times, but I want to be able to experience it with fresh eyes. So I invited Andre, someone who I trust to be funny and insightful, but also Andre has had the misfortune of never having watched Monk. And so we're going to be going with him, watching the episodes uh, one by one, and... Um, you know, recapping the show. And Andre, from what I understand, you just watched the pilot. We're going to talk about that today. I understand you liked it, so I'm excited to hear that. Yeah, okay. So what I want to start off with is I need to explain why I never watched Monk. Well, I was supposed to say, it was, on a, it was a cable show that was watched by on its most viewed episode by like 9 million people, and that was the finale. So it's not crazy that you didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. But like, as someone that always had cable growing up, um, and always looking for stuff to watch, uh, for whatever reason, I've always been super <clears throat> reluctant to, uh, no, I've just like turned off by the, what was it? What was the channel? It's on TV. No, USA. The, oh, USA, USA, the whole USA network sheen to their shows. Like I just, for whatever reason, I, I don't know, like USA. the cup, the, the no. Okay. But the colors no, I know are what like it is. soft. I know exactly what it is. It is the fonts they use are like very big and bold and like say a certain I don't know I feel I can't believe, I just I, I, I there is a feel that I think eventually developed uh because I, I love Monk and I also love Psych which was like the other big show they did after it Psych is one of okay. my they're both top yeah. five favorite shows for me and I think that eventually they started to get a sheen that yes exactly that's exactly I think that it. I think once we get to like covert affairs then we have problems um, okay. Yeah. No, okay, yeah, so that was, like, my whole thing, like, going in. I just remember it growing up, and, like, you know what? Like, I was just, like, I'm not going to watch a show featuring, like, the fifth most known person in Men in Black 1, maybe? I don't know. I just, mm-hmm. he always was that guy to me. And mm-hmm. and so, like, once that happened, I was like, no, burn notice, no thank you. I just... Burn notice <laughs> was good for the first three seasons, and then it just kind of... <sighs> I can still, by the way, I can still do the opening from Burn Notice from Memory, which is... Uh... It's strange. Anyway, continue. Uh, yeah, no. So that that was my whole thing, and then obviously, Monk's not really a show that most people talk about, uh, exactly. or yeah. even that's why I want to do this. Refer to, and, and like, so I was watching. I was watching this with my girlfriend, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, okay, he's really good at this. Like, did he win an Emmy? Because I don't know, like, mm-hmm. who he was up against, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it turns out he won like three Emmys. Yes, he did. Uh, so I guess you know, shame on all of us for. Yeah. Uh, I think that there's a certain type of cable show that, because um, cable, like, you know, cable TV original series has really started being a big thing that the, every cable network had them in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. And I think that there's a period between, like, because obviously, like, Sopranos is the first prestige show and it's, like, 99, but I feel like cable wasn't expected to be prestige until, like, 2009, 10 with Breaking Bad and Mad Men coming on at AMC. And uh-huh. and now basically cable net, cable is either prestige television or trashy reality shows or trashy scripted shows, right? Like it's one or the other. Yeah. And I feel like there's a certain right. middle brow cable show 
that's kind of lost. You know what I mean? Like the monks and the psychs, I think are the best, are really good examples. Um, and like that was so much of like the 2000s. And I feel like also procedural shows just don't age as well in terms of um, people revisiting them. Whereas I love procedural shows. I kind of hate the fact oh, that yeah, all the no, procedural same. shows on television now suck. Like it's either like either your show is serialized or it's bad. Like I, can, I really don't yeah. like that about TV now. But yeah, I think that that's why. But my relationship to no. Monk is very fascinating. Unless, oh, sorry, you want to say something? I, I just, I, you know, I, this is one aside I'm just going to make. No I problem. think the worst, the worst thing that ever, well, no, I'm sorry, I should clarify that. Sure. Um, one, of the wor- one of the worst things that happened to me in regards to like Netflix taking something off is the day that Law & Order, like the regular Law & Order mm-hmm. got taken yeah. off. That is like some of my favorite TV. It's like, just, I remember watch. me and my older brother were staying with our great aunt for like a night. We just wanted to visit her because she lives like an hour and a half away. And not that we had any plans, but very quickly the plans for the night were just like, oh, Law & Order is having a marathon in USA. That's what we're just doing. Yeah. We're just watching it with our, you know, 80-year-old aunt and everyone enjoys it. Anyway. My relationship to Monk is very fascinating because I am a little bit younger than you, and the fun fact about Monk is that Monk is the first show for grown-ups that I ever watched. Um, my parents loved it. They were huge Monk fans. And like, and so, like, eventually... Did they not watch grown-up shows growing up? No, they did. They did. But what I was going to say But this is, is the that... first one they let you in the room. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, they, I think that's why, because like, they were like, they, they were, it was their favorite show by far. And I can remember the exact first episode I watched was Mr. Monk in the Paperboy in season two. And um, I don't know. It just, uh, as someone who ended up, you know, paying a lot of money and a lot of effort to go to a school to write, learn how to write television, and that's still what I like to do with my life, I think it's very important to trace that back to, uh, you know, Monk. And um, I don't know. Like, they were just, I don't even know why they found it. They were just massive uh, fans of Monk. And it very quickly, well, it became like a thing where it's like, if they're going to share anything with us, it's going to be that. Um, and so, yeah, I was like, you know, eight watching Monk, which is not probably appropriate. But you know what? Honestly, I, I'm very glad I did. But um, I, I think that the thing that Monk does well, and I think that I, we should start moving into the episode and some brief isn't like a, a, outside information about it, is that I think that it... it well, the reason Tony Shalhoub won those Emmys is because it was considered a comedy, which it really isn't. But I think what it does really well is it is super enjoyable, uh, like procedural drama in a way that like not even Law and Order always can be. Because Law and Order sometimes will be like super dark and like upsetting, mm-hmm. whereas like Monk yeah. is like breezy. It's it's just it yeah. goes down easy. Okay, I mean I like I said, sure. uh, but you know what I mean. I know, I, I, never... I know, I know. I know. I know, but like you know what I mean, like it's you, you watch that first episode and it's just like it I mean, it really is like it's kind of a modern take on Sherlock Holmes, and I don't mean that's a little high. No, it definitely it kind of that's what it, what it is. Yeah. Th- there's a reference to that in the first episode. Yeah. Like Exactly. It's, it's, yeah, they know exactly what it is. Um instead of uh, you know, opioids, it's uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. Which, by the way, before, you know, anyone says How did that right, age? Uh, yeah, I can okay. tell you that it aged fine because when I first watched that episode, I was a normal child who had nothing mentally wrong with him. Now, I have someone who has been diagnosed with OCD for over five and a half years? Six? Seven? I don't know. Um, you think I keep track of that. I can tell you that it is really, like, I guess the thing is that maybe there are some people who say it's offensive, and honestly, that's fine. That's their prerogative. I'm not going to take that away from them. But I think that, well, obviously, because I'm a functioning adult, 
uh, I don't. My problems are not nearly as bad as monks, and unlike monk, I'm willing to take medication for it. Um, <laughs> uh, but the actual, like, the general anxieties that it shows are very realistic and are done with a lot of care and are done. Um, obviously, they're they, they're at his expense and like they make jokes about it. But like, uh, also, I think that it is funny. You know, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not pretend. It's, it is funny that someone could be afraid of milk. Um, right. Okay. But hold mm-hmm. on. If I'm not, sure. I, I don't know if I heard this wrong. But isn't like the only reason why he's like this is because of trauma? No, uh, it's it's delved in later, but okay, yes, he was, that's exactly he what was, I thought. Yeah, yeah, of course, he was OCD and like particular and weird beforehand. But like a lot of people with mental illnesses, his the trauma of his wife dying basically caused him to get very bad into. That have, in, in the sense, you know, it happens all the time. I mean, like, even, like, with Howard Hughes, that he was OCD his whole life, right. but then he got in a massive plane, plane crash, and that basically turned him into, uh, you know, a hermit. A shut But, like, a shut exactly. So that's what you're dealing with. And once again, you've, it's, a, you know, that's, you eventually learn, and it's, like, he was never, quote-unquote, normal, but he, um, his wife being murdered was the thing that uh, made him so, like, particular, like, so OCD that he couldn't work on the police force. But... We start off in the first episode of Monk uh, with... Actually, wait. I just want to say one more thing before we start. The title of this podcast is courtesy of an old tweet from Demi Dejuibay at Electro Lemon that had, like, no likes or favorites that I always remembered because he tweeted about a fake a fake Craigslist ad seeking a man or woman for eight hours of watching Monk, and the description was no funkin, strictly Monkin, which is a phrase that I've never forgotten, <laughs> and I love it so much. It just because the idea of being like, whoa, 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 we're not no funny business here. We're not no sexual anything. We're, <laughs> we're just, just watching Monk. Watching monk. Um, but anyway, so the episode starts... Actually, I actually forgot how it started because the pilot was not really on in Monk Marathons a lot on USA, but it starts at a crime scene in Santa Clara, California. And hold on, it's an hour and fifteen minutes. It's a way. pilot. It's a pilot. It, that's they, they used to do that a lot back in the day. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is it? I mean, it is what it is. What? Two thousand and two. Yes. Ancient it's, history. I mean, I think I actually think they still probably do it a decent amount where they do a two-hour pilot, especially on cable. Where like, you, what's USA going to show? You know, like they got pushed. Uh, they got pushed their seventeenth showing of the Shawshank Redemption back. Actually, that's TNT that does that. But anyway, <laughs> um, so it starts off in a Santa Clara, California, um, you know, uh, crime scene, and you just see. I think it does something really well, which is like. In the first scene, you get the two things that make this character fascinating, which is his ability as a detective and his compulsions, immediately. I gotta say, the first thing I notice is I really hate the fact that he buttons his shirt up all the way and doesn't wear his high. It's, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm OCD about that. I have no, no idea. No, I mean, the thing is that that is uh, something that's very particular, and I think that it is definitely a choice in a way that I think is... Interesting. I understand why it's frustrating, and I think that it's like... It's but, like, so... the second I saw it, I was just like, oh, You know? Wanted to crawl out of my skin a little bit, but... And I, and I think that that's not unfair, but, like, I think that it's... it's I would almost say that <laughs> you could say that he's doing that for the exact opposite reason, that he's so... He needs to be so protected that, like, the notion of unbuttoning a wow. button... Did, did not even think about that. He's leaving, like, an inch of space for anything yeah, to get in or something. exactly. Wow, okay. Yeah, and also I think the symmetry of having all the buttons buttoned. Um... I don't know. Yes, but, that, yes. But um, I just love this first opening scene because this is classic Sherlock Holmes stuff where it's 
and as, as, as you can see that never gets old and it happens a lot in monk and happens a lot in everything that's like with detectives where they make a very specific observation about the killer and then they don't explain it they wait make someone ask how they know that <laughs> right yes um yeah yeah like the bit where um he can tell that the person's very tall just by like by looking at the seat is like i feel like now that everyone has computers you know in 2002 i feel like that was novel now it's like okay i can probably tell that but um i don't know what did you make of like the first bit of him showing off his um his prowess to everyone and everyone stood in amazement and also in like kind of judgment um you know like i i i'll give credit to you know the show for starting with that scene as opposed to like you know getting like a glimpse at every day in his life and then mm-hmm. him showing up to the crime scene it very much puts you right in that space from mm-hmm. the minute that you're in it um i mean i listen i love police shows sorry i love mm-hmm. procedurals like you said and so like it was tailor-made for me um this is the typical like creative genius who's eccentric like mm-hmm. you get that from the moment that the, mm-hmm. that you see him and so i mean like i'm keeping an open mind i don't have a lot of thoughts mm-hmm. on the beginning portion of it to be honest because it's yeah. just you know same. it's your first look into the mm-hmm. thing but but at the same time like it hooked me in uh mm-hmm. it, he he plays it so well and he just keeps he's like so annoying but like not in mm-hmm. the way that you want to kill him but more in yeah. like the way that you're like oh this poor man like how could mm-hmm. he possibly function this way um so yeah that was my takeaway and just yeah good on you know it's funny i think this is a good time to bring this up so when the show was originally developed in 1998 it was originally written for and it was much more co- f- comedy based it was originally written for drumroll michael richards Oh, <laughs> racism aside, which is I don't say that lightly, but like the racist remarks aside, even if he never said those, the show is so much different and I think so much worse than because I I just I can't imagine it's it's just, it's I think it's much more about him having ticks than it is about his like internal problems. You know what I mean? Like a lot of what he does on screen, which like when he he's having his OCD stuff is in his mind whereas i think michael richards would just be like everything out there all the time and i don't know if it would work yeah no it would be slapstick to a point and honestly like i think what adds to the whole like you don't expect it from him kind of thing mm. it's like the like his size michael richards is mm. like a, a pretty big guy as yeah from what i remember Correct. so tony shalhoub being like a smaller size definitely lends mm. itself to feeling like you know this guy this guy's a cop like no way mm. i also like it also is nice you know tony shalhoub um, not a white person, which is nice. It's always, I mean, people, you might be, mis- people often are mistaken. Maybe that's why you got it. Um, but uh, it, it definitely does, it, as a, a very white show otherwise, it is nice to. Uh, okay. Yeah. Let me jump in real quick. I just sure. also wanted to say before sure. we get into more of it, uh, I love the city of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like any of their sports scenes, but I love the city. And any show that is going to take place in San Francisco automatically gets something from me because I just I I, love I think it. it's a great Fuck setting, up. and I think it really yeah. is a character in the show a lot. Now, obviously, yeah, they they're at f- place. They're at place. Yeah. It's not like a set. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they don't film like, there friends. a lot. A lot of the a lot of the okay. show is not filmed there, okay. obviously, because it's San Francisco. Ah. You, I mean, no show, not. No, no show, much less a cable show, could film in San Francisco. Like, a show on CBS couldn't film there. But they do... Like, the thing is, they 
film there when it's relevant. Like, they go there a couple times a season when there's, like, a major... Uh, when there's anything that's really outdoors that's important to being San Francisco. Like, I'll say this, it never feels like you're not in San Francisco, which is a thing that you can't say a lot for other shows. For example, the show Psych, which I probably like more than Monk. Uh, you, there's a lot of times it's where like you're, like... It's like Monterey or something, right? Uh, it's supposed to be Santa Barbara, but it is definitely ah. Vancouver a lot. Uh, it definitely okay. does not look warm uh, a lot of times there. But anyway... Um, but yeah, so we learned that's in San Francisco, um, and that we get we learned that Monk used to be a police officer uh, who, after his wife's tragic murder, uh, basically went catatonic and couldn't you know function. And now he's trying to get back on the force, and uh, but he does consulting work, um, which I personally think consultant is like the best avenue for a TV show detective because. <sighs> They don't have the constraints of being police, and they're also not, you know, police. So there's not any of that bad. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Oh my god, I was just like, you know what? I'm glad I can root for this guy right now. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, and I, I think that there's obviously a lot of discourse about, you know, cops being portrayed in television and stuff like that. And I think that there is some merit to it. I also think that, like, I don't think it's unreasonable for people to want a world where cops actually, you know, solve mysteries and help people. <laughs> like, I don't think that that's crazy. A, you mean like a fantasy? Yeah, like a fantasy. Like I feel like it's like. <laughs> Thankfully, like, I don't think that Monk is definitely one of those shows where it's, it's mostly not about the cops, so it's like, I, you know, I'm not really going to take much issue with it, but I think it is, uh, you know, I, it, it, this episode is definitely actually the one where I'd say one thing that does change, and I'm not going to tell you a lot of stuff that changes, but one thing that does change immediately, and I think this was a note from the pilot, is that Captain Stahlmeier, played by the great Ted Levine, is a lot less mean to Monk for the rest of the okay. show. Yeah. By the way, I was, like, so stoked when I saw Ted Levine's names in the credits. Yeah, like, he's I was great. like, oh, he's shit. really great I didn't in even, the show. Yeah, I had seen his face a million times in like USA ads, and I did never put together that he was on this show for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah, he's like I said, that they their their relationship is a lot nicer, and I think that it works a lot. I think, I think that the combativeness is a vestige from the Michael Richards version of it because you look at Stalmeyer yelling at Monk in this episode, and it's like, how could you yell at this guy? He's like so gentle and sweet. He's, like he's not, you know. Uh, aggressive yeah yeah but anyway um the murder in this episode the big one and i think that this show has the thing that the show is great about and i think it's it is the thing i think that separates it from a lot of other crime shows is that like every week the murder is something like really complex like, it's never, because it's not about, like, cops, and you don't need to, there's none of that drama that involves cops, it's all just about subling, putting together the puzzle pieces. Every week, there's some, like, I, if you tell me an episode name, I can tell you what the cool thing about the murder was, because each one is cool, you know what I mean? So, it's kind of like CSI, like, yes, in a way. Yes, okay. except, and then CSI, like, it's not, I think that this one is much more about the intricacies of it. Then CSI, like, uh, see, obviously there are CSI episodes where it's, like, a crazy, how did you get away with that? But a lot of CSI episodes are just someone, you know, shot someone and, you know, they died. Um, not that that's bad, but, like, because Monk is all just about the chess, um, and it's, uh, yeah. It, but this one... And there's no order. There's no order section of it. There's no God. lawyers involved. That's really the worst part. Um, I, no, I love the order part. Well, oh, really? that's a separate show. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I mean, I, I guess the thing is, I like the law part. I don't like the term "order" in the phrase "law and order" generally. But <laughs> fair. Uh, but um, so the, um, what's your opinion the on the show showing you the murder, um, as it happens, rather than starting with after like, the fact, the dead body. Yes. 
Because they, it, about Monk, I would say it's about 30-70, where 30% of the episodes show you the murder beforehand, 70 don't. Um, but yeah. Okay. Uh, my, I, yeah, I mean, either way, as long, I mean, what would surprise me at this point if there was an episode that didn't have to do with murder? Mm-hmm. Or is like someone getting murdered every episode? Was San Francisco going through a spike of crime I mean, from 2002 that is to 2009? Really, that really is the thing about these shows, unfortunately. I think someone gets murdered, and I can only think of one episode where there's right? no murder. Um, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 like, it's more egregious than Psych, because Santa Barbara has a population of like 80,000 people. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but, I thought about that. I'm just like, wow, it must have been really dangerous to live in San Francisco. Yeah, at that's why, time. like, L.A. and New York are the only places you can pull off shows like that, because, like, it's feasible that there are that many murders. And Chicago, too. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, so you see the murder happen where this uh, guy who's clearly a trained sniper is aiming at a guy who you later find out is running for mayor. Or maybe you find out in that scene, who knows. Um, and he shoots, and he ends up killing the mayoral candidate's bodyguard. And you learn that Monk gets called in specially by uh, the actual mayor himself because he doesn't want to make... He, he wants to bring in all the heavy hitters because he wants to make it seem like he's actually treating this investigation seriously. Which I think is like such a... Just what a, a concept. It's, it's, it's like, a, it's like a, such a specific, interesting detail that's kind of just like thrown away. It's like, that is, I mean... Um, but yeah, uh, so then we see Monk go to the new candidate's, like, office. He's met by Stahlmeier, and he points out that he's, Stahlmeier's not having, uh, good relationships with his wife, which is fun. That's very Sherlock Holmes, though. Like, that is... Yeah, I mean, I'm... I want to say I've seen both of the Sherlock Holmes movies, the recent ones, with Robert Downey Jr., Mm -hmm. and I fell asleep during both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched, uh, what's the, uh, what's that guy? Benedict Cumberbatch. That one. The one mm-hmm. on BBC or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I like this Sherlock better. You like what? I like this Sherlock better. Yeah. I mean, oh, so much better. But I did that the classic thing of making an observation because, well, saying something out of like a very specific observation you made and not realizing that it's a, an insulting thing is... Uh, it's great. I, 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 every time it happens in anything, it makes me, it just, it's so funny. But, uh. Wait, what do you mean? Because I'm well, insulting all the British Sherlock well, Holmes? No, 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 no. I'm saying that happens all the time in British Sherlock Holmes. What I'm saying is that in any iteration of a Sherlock Holmes type character, Monk, Sherlock Holmes, House, uh-huh. when they do a thing where they, because the brain's going so fast, they make it, uh, observations and put together something like, you know, oh, okay. oh you're on your wife having problems. But, because that, that stuff some, comes so easy to them, they don't even realize that it's something that's not obvious. You know what I mean? Because it's like, of course. It's, right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, so he goes into this meeting with um, the mayor candidate, and um, we see one of the first scenes of, like, a monk cringe scene, which is a staple of the show, which is where he's taking the uh, pins on a mm-hmm. election map and organizing them. <laughs> Um, what did you make of that? Because I can take or leave a lot of the cringe moments. I think that this one's pretty good, though. I, yeah, I knew he was, like, a smart guy, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like, because he, because it folds out where basically a few of the pins he's rearranged, blah, yeah. blah, blah, and then, so they all get mad at him for doing that, 
And so in the little tug of war with the little, was it the, the mayor's campaign aide? The, uh, campaign? the campaign manager, yeah. The campaign manager. Yeah. So like in the middle of their tug of war, they end up knocking down all the things, mm-hmm. all the little pins. And they're all pointing to certain like voting districts in mm-hmm. San Francisco. And I was like, okay, well, he could have definitely figured out the first time, but there's no chance that this guy's going to figure out when you knock down all the pins. And sure enough, he does, which mm-hmm. also struck me as super weird because that because they made a big deal about like, oh, we'll never figure out how to put it back. But the second he put it all back together, they're like, oh, that's perfect. That's exactly how it looks. <laughs> yeah, so that is could weird. Could you figure that out or not? All right. That's all. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that it definitely is stretches the imagination, but I think it is a... Um, I think that they kind of need uh, that scene to show you his value because it's, it's pretty... Like, I know that Monk is the best detective in the world because I've watched the show, but like... <laughs> I think that it's good to be like, okay, this guy is like, is Rain Man, um, and they they call him that in the first episode. Yes, the the monk is very aware. Of, uh, the great thing about Monk is that one thing that's actually bizarre about this episode. It's another thing is that he makes pop culture references, which he never does going on, which I think is good because he just doesn't. That seems like a guy who engages in pop culture. However, correct people around him are always making pop culture references about him, and I think it's always. The good thing about Monk is because Monk is such a strange character that everyone else can be a straight man. You really don't need anyone else to be correct. Yes. Weird. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, so one thing leads to another. Um, you know, Monk has reason to believe that the oh, well, the big conceit is that because I didn't, you know, you didn't. I've, you've seen the episode if you're listening to this. But the big thing is that people assume that the guy who killed the mayor's bodyguard was shooting at the mayor. Um, spoiler alert, he wasn't. He was shooting at the bodyguard, which is such a simple misdirection, but, like, I don't know. I, I think that's really just... I think that's just great writing, honestly. Because um, it, it's it's such an obvious... Because the entire episode is this one th- thrust of, like, who's trying to kill the mayor, and rather than focus on any other details, it's like, what if the entire conceit is wrong? What if there's no one trying to kill the mayor? You know what I mean? I think it's such a fun twist. Can I point something out, though? Yes, you can, absolutely. Okay, okay. Let's just say you're... An OG bunkhead from day one, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Say you're just catching the show casually, whatever, mm-hmm. the first time. It just so happens sure. to be on. There is, like, you wouldn't expect there to be the whole bait and switch, or you wouldn't expect everything to be happening like the mm-hmm. way it is, mm-hmm. right? So, me watching it now, mm-hmm. after seeing, like, however many shows that I'm sure have ripped off Monk or mm-hmm. done some version of this whole thing. Uh, I automatically knew. I'm like, oh, well, clearly they weren't trying to actually kill the guy. They, mm-hmm. they were aiming for that dude, and then there's going to be some weird thing yeah. going on. And So yeah. my head is already plugged in. Like, I think that that's fair. Story. I think that that definitely is. Monk is not the first show to do something like that as a procedural. Um, I think that no. it is. Um, I think it's also. Uh, I, I think that a lot of episodes of Monk like this would have the, the main tension between Monk and everyone else be that Monk believes that the bodyguard was the target and everyone else is like, no, it has to be the mayor. However, because they have that, um, the other thread with, uh, what, I'm gonna get her name right, uh, Nicole Vasquez, the, the woman who's murdered at the beginning, because the whole thing is that he keeps insisting that it's the same person, uh, who killed both of them. Yeah. That that's kind uh-huh. of, like, that's the tension of it. Like, so, like, but if she wasn't there, the, the, I can tell you just from, you know, watching this, and watching millions of procedural shows, like, you could see the episode being, he's like, no, this guy was the target. And they're all like, how could he possibly be the target? He's just a bodyguard, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so 
basically a, a thing that I love about this episode is the fact is how um, is is the bit where he connects the two cases um, that are not connected other than the fact that the uh, guy the murderer is over six three and smokes Newports. <laughs> I mean, how can you? Uh, yeah, okay. There's a suspension of disbelief. Sure, that's involved I think there's. Here, I think obviously. well, there's two things. One, I think that well, you can tell if someone's over six thirty. I think that that's fair. I think that that yes, no, no that, yes, the, yes. The, the, the smelling the Newports, cool. the smelling the Newports, that is hard to say. Now, I do think that he makes an excellent point though, which does kind of belie the whole thing about San Francisco having a lot of murders. That he does make a point of like, what are the odds that you know there are only like a couple hundred thousand at most. Six three and over people in the country. What are the odds that two different of them committed murders in the same area in like a week span? Now, obviously, that's that doesn't mean anything, but I think that that is a very interesting, like, what because when you first hear him say it, it's like that's stupid. I mean, you know that that's actually the case since it's a TV show, but like that's stupid. But then when he says that, it's like I guess you're right. Like it would be kind of weird if two very tall men committed murder, <laughs> you know, within a week of each other. Um, right. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, um, basically, just I want to skip to the end of the episode uh, quickly, and then we can go back and talk about other stuff. Because I think that, in my opinion, the most interesting parts of Monk are the, the here's what happened bits. Um, those happen every episode. They're as satisfying as... Uh, I don't even know. Like, I could just... I tweeted before I started this podcast, one of the main... Because I was watching clips on YouTube of the YouTube... The Monk YouTube channel has, like, seven or eight here's what happened clips. And I'm like, just give me all of them. Give me all 125 in a six-hour montage. Just him telling me what happened. But um, wait, but hold on. I sure. just have a general question. Oh, sir. Sure. Um, sure. I are there like storylines that run throughout like whole scenes? Yes. Yes like and no. Okay. It's not as serialized as other shows, but there definitely is. Um, there's definitely stuff that's recurring, and there are general plot threads, particularly stuff with Trudy's murder. Like you, you know get more stuff as the show goes on. Um, it's not a ton of stuff, um, and it's kind of... Uh, um, it's hard to say, because it, it's not... There's not a lot of stuff that's serialized, but, like, the show is definitely a show that is enhanced by watching it every week, because, like, it's not... The characters move. Like, the characters... Things happen to them. They change. Um, and, right. yeah, particularly stuff with Trudy is... His wife uh, is... The stuff that changes a lot, and that's kind of like the whole thrust of the show, uh, as you might imagine. Do we ever? Do we ever figure out who killed his wife? I mean, of course we do. Is this what do you think the last episode is? Come on, don't be ridiculous. Uh, is it really? Yeah, oh my god! Of course it is. What are you talking about? Um, <sighs> the show is. I mean, for fucking hundred and twenty-five episodes, and you don't find out till the end. I mean, yeah. Well, because I mean, most of the this is episodes, like the opposite of Twin Peaks. Probably. Most of the episodes don't really touch on it at all. Understand? Because it's like it's it's kind of just right. like a thing. Right. It's generally in the background, but um, I don't know. I think, but the thing is, there's a lot of like bits that happen in it that um, hint at stuff. You learn more clues. It's kind of like a through line. Like once a season, there's a new thing. I don't know. I think it's it's generally. I'll tell you this: when we found out, and like the final episode, it was very cathartic and satisfying. It was it, it was worth the wait. And also, I never once felt like, oh my god, when are we gonna figure when Trudy, uh, who Trudy uh, was killed by, because. It definitively. This isn't one of those shows. No, because it, it also definitively feels like the moment you find that out, that's when the show ends. Because there's, even though he still will solve cases and stuff like that, it feels like the arc of Monk as a show is. We catch him here like shortly. If you get the impression he's only been consulting with the cops for like a couple months, you know, 
just getting back out there a little bit. And the arc of the show is about him, you know, regaining his independence, regaining his ability to do what he loves and to, and him finding Shuji's killer is something that, like, would so dramatically change his character arc that, like, the show has to end when that happens. It, uh, that, you know, anyway. Did you but, cry? Did I cry? Yes, I did, actually. Um, I did. Not because specifically the killer, but yes, I did. I absolutely cry. At the no, because it's over. No, uh, no, I didn't cry because it was over. I cried because there's a, mo- a couple moments where Monk is, you know, it, it totally was just acting, and it's just it's good. But anyway, um, so the, here's what happened uh, in this episode. Can you tell me what happened? Because I want to know how well it works. Because I can say what happened because I just remember what happened in all these episodes. But uh, who killed who and why? At, at the end. Um, okay. Uh, so, okay. What happened was, can I, okay, let me just have the caveat that I was also smoking weed, so. That's no problem, I'll help you out, I'm, I'm very, I'm not doing this to hang out to dry, I'm doing it because I think it's fun to, you know, have a back and forth. (laughs) Okay, yeah, no, so, so things will come to me eventually. Sure, absolutely. But from what, from what, from what I remember, the whole point of this was basically the campaign manager was stealing funds from mm-hmm. the campaign. He was mm-hmm. diverting it to some sort of Perfect account. casting, by the way. Looks like the biggest douche in the whole world. It's really just... Yeah. <laughs> I guess, you know, campaign managers are always dickheads. Yeah. That's all. That's all you can say. Um, so anyways, uh, and I guess this girl, the first girl who was killed, I think that's what happened. Mm-hmm. She, she knew... She found out because she was an assistant mm-hmm. at the campaign office, mm-hmm. but like she was a floater. Technically, mm-hmm. she's one of those people that could leave at any second or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so she found out. She brought it to the campaign manager's attention. He, you know, tried to like brush it off like it was nothing, blah, blah, blah. And I guess he, Monk infers that he probably, uh, you know, tried to like quiet her but she's Mm -hmm. not the type that could be bought Mm -hmm. so he tries to get uh the mayor's bodyguard the one that got killed in the beginning Mm -hmm. to assassinate to take her out and Mm -hmm. he says no he goes to this so he hires a professional Mm -hmm. and the professional kills the bodyguard he he, he he first kills kills the girl and then first he kills the the girl and then he kills the bodyguard to cover up all the loose ends Mm -hmm. and and then that guy who originally, wait a minute. Okay, the, yeah. The shooter, so that's Sykes, the killer, Ian Sykes, Sykes. Sykes. Great name for Sykes, a bad guy. Yes, yes. While Monk is unraveling this whole thing in the financial district of San Francisco, uh, the guy's freaking out because he knows they got him, mm-hmm. and he gets shot. Mm-hmm. That was a weird thing though that they didn't mention. Like, does that guy die or did he just get shot? I think in the he's arm? fine because like, he got shot in the arm. I think he's fine. Okay. Um. I think I generally adhere to the rule. I know you know this rule. If if you don't see the death on screen, they didn't die. It didn't happen. Shouts to uh, Cersei and Jamie Lannister. Um, oh right, but sorry. yeah. So that was the gist of it. You got honestly, like, you got it perfectly. I, I mean, it, it's uh, yeah. I think that that is. Um, I don't know. So I guess because I watched it as a kid, there's so many different things. That, like Monk opened so many different things I hadn't considered. Where it's like, all oh, right, if you. Hire, try to hire someone to kill someone else, and they say no. You have to kill them before when you yeah, kill no, the other absolutely. person. Absolutely, <laughs> yes, absolutely. There's no loose ends here. Oh, uh, because like imagine, because it was like it had to be like the same morning ish where it's like because the moment he looks on his, you know, doesn't look on his phone, but like looks on his computer, it's like oh shit, it's the same girl that this guy has to kill. Um, <laughs> uh, but a, f- a funny thing too is that the guy Ian Sykes, the professional hitman, um, which also I just love that he the guy pretends goes, to be a cripple scumbag. Yes. Yes, I'll get to that in a second. 
But I love that this campaign manager, he this is this this is the progression goes. Like when he's trying to get someone killed, he first asks non-professional killer, just a bodyguard, and then after that, rather than like, there's a couple steps before you get to like special forces. Sp- yeah, cold-blooded killer. Like he, you, he skipped a few steps. You ask like a you know, there's other like regular criminals. You ask first. Um, I don't know where you get this guy's number, but yes, he pretends to be a cripple. Uh, talk a little bit about that scene because I think that that is a, such a great seminal monk scene. What the whole discovery is, yada yada yada. Uh, I mean, uh, re- refresh my memory, please. So they come out. They basically, you know, they look up this guy. He bought certain rounds or whatever he's like i'm ex-marine so they bust down his door and he comes out rolling out in a wheelchair no okay they only find that that out also yeah. because they find out that because he coiled his rifle yes in the dro- he was the in the marine string mm-hmm. yeah he was a green beret specifically green beret, right right, right. Sorry, sorry, sorry 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 yeah you're right he was a green beret. and and that so but the weird thing is that they didn't when they when they were first like looking into it like to find out you mm-hmm. know who they could find that match the description uh, they don't even mention that they were looking for former Green Berets, do they? I don't think I saw I that. don't remember. I think it might, I think that, I honestly don't remember. They were just looking for the height. They were just looking I think, for the height. I think that they were looking for that, but then I also think when Randy Disher, the lieutenant, finds out about the person who bought the rounds, I think that they say, like, he also matches that he was Green Beret, yada, yada, yada. I think that it's less, okay. I think it's more like that just confirming information, because I also think that that's something that, like... It's there's very circumstantial evidence where like if you don't have anyone, you're not really gonna be looking for that. But like if you find someone who fits the description, otherwise, you're like, oh shit, they're also a green beret. Um, but I also well, just love the I'm idea. Starting, yeah, go. I'm I'm starting a side podcast called Poking Holes in Monks. Process. No, go. You, you can use this podcast for that. I don't care. Um, it, I, I, it's just funny, like how it's the weird thing about you know. This is, like, a relatively smart TV show. Mm-hmm. I know that it's, like, on USA, and it doesn't, like, appeal to, like, highbrow people. Mm-hmm. But it's very... It's a very smart show. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they make the same mistakes that, like, typical TV shows on mm-hmm. channel... On CBS and all that mm-hmm. make. They bring stuff up, and then they just completely drop it and don't address yeah. it later on. Yeah. That's... Um, yeah, I think I agree. Um, but so the, he's in a wheelchair, and understandably i think for social reasons they don't like ask to make sure that he's actually uh handicapped um i feel like you probably could look up in medical records but i feel like they would have said that in 2002 yeah that's true uh but when they're leaving the building monk realizes looks at uh stoudemire's shoes and sees that they're scuffed up and then he remembers that ian sykes's shoes are scuffed up and creased because he and if you're handicapped you obviously wouldn't have if you wouldn't walk now, what an observation I made when I was watching it this time is that Ian Sykes would have gotten away with it if he was a sneakerhead. No creases. <laughs> you you know better than anybody that there's always creases, no matter what I, you try to do. I mean, I don't know better than anyone. I, I the exact opposite of sneakerhead. I uh, do not understand it, but I respect it's fine. It's not something I what, disrespect. What shoes are you wearing right now? What I'm shoes not are you wearing, wearing. I mean, what shoes am I wearing right now? I'm in uh, barefoot. I'm in my room. I'm not even wearing pants. What are you talking about? Um... <sighs> I mean, uh, yeah. I'm wearing Crocs. I mean, I own a pair of Crocs. Um, now that I'm back to Florida, I don't. I, did, I didn't bring them up to New York when I moved up to New York for college. But now that I'm back in my parents' house in Florida for a little bit, I do have my Crocs at the ready in case I need them. Um, they are very. I'll be honest. If you're ever on like a beach or like if you're on a boat and you need to be going from water to boat back and forth, best thing you can do because flip flops fall off when you get out of the water. I mean, it's just it's. it's you're not weird. you're not rocking the Sperry's. Uh, if I'm going in the water, then no. Because if, you know, 
Like, I'm talking about, like, if you go on, like, a boat and, like, you're, you know, a lot of things you'll do in Florida is you'll take a boat out and you'll find, like, a little tiny island in the middle of a river or, like, on the edge of the coast uh, and, like, you know, walk around and then maybe eat some food, camp out there. And, like, you just want to be able to wear something that you can wear on the sand, in the water, and on the boat at all times, you know? I'm not I'm not talking about a yacht. I'm talking about, like, uh, uh, you know, speedboat or an eight per- I don't need to explain Florida boats to you. Anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah, so he's not actually handicapped. And then we um, get a scene that I think is really, like, tragic, where Bunk is trying to track him down because he's the only one who realized that he came out of the top of the building. And um, Oh, yeah. What happens when Monk tries to get him? And it's, it's really sad, but it, it, it had to happen. Uh, well, he tried... Okay. So I don't think we explained... I, maybe we find out more over the course of the series, but from what I know... He is afraid of germs. He's a germaphobe. Mm-hmm. He's afraid of heights. Uh-huh. He's afraid of milk. And yep. he's afraid of the dark. He's afraid of... I so, can, uh, rattling off it off the top of my head, he's also afraid of... He's afraid of basically everything. But uh, crowds. Um, he's afraid... But he's not agoraphobic. No, so he's not good. afraid... Of, he's not... I mean, agoraphobic literally translates to crowds, but he's not afraid to leave the house, but he is afraid of being in big crowds, which is, I think, a distinction. He's afraid of children. He's afraid of... Uh, Almost anything, honestly. Oh, nudity is a big one. Um, he's afraid of being nude, or y- yes. he's afraid of other all the above, being nude? all the above, all the above, all the above. Great episode, Mister Monk and the Nudist. I think it's or meets the nu- meets the Nudist. Great episode. Can't wait. Uh, guest starring Alfred Molina, Dietrich Bader. Great one. Um, and does it only happen? Is this is the show basically all always happening in the Bay Area? Yes, exclusively. Uh, yes, there okay. is. Uh, Mr. Monk takes Manhattan, which is uh, the first of season three, which is of course in Manhattan. But other than that, it's basically all Bay Area um, all the time. And is every episode is every episode named Monk does something? Yes, or that's why I, I was going to tell you this off pod, but I'm going to name the episodes uh, if you're okay with it. Uh, Andre and Jake, and then whatever the Monk part is, like Andre and Jake and the candidate, or Andre Jake and the okay. candidate. Um, I think okay. it's a good title. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I okay. also I love that too. I love when shows have a way they title their episodes that's specific i think that you like friends uh yeah honestly i don't I mean i don't like to show friends but i think that i think it's fun yeah i i think i have no problem with it i think it's friends gets made fun of a lot because it's the most popular show to do it but like i mean my personal favorite is how uh every aaron sorkin show the title is something that's said in the episode which i think is like a flex because is it every single I, one, i've yeah. never even noticed i've I, never seen west wing yeah I've west wing's the, the main, newsroom the newsroom it does do it uh you might um you know be, you might miss it in between, you know, ridiculous leaps in logic and other bullshit in the newsroom. A show I love very dearly, but it's really, really bad. <laughs> it's really bad. Oh it's, my it's, god! But I watched every episode. It's it's it just as a sidebar. Aaron Sorkin really is like candy in that, like, well, it's just like sugar in that, like, the Western. I think it's like in the Social Network and stuff are like really like good. Like it, it tastes delicious, and oh my god! But like, even if you're eating like shitty jelly beans you still can't stop eating them and like i, I the news room i couldn't stop watching i watched every episode of it um did you did you see miss uh is it no not miss sloan is it miss sloan miss sloan is not an aaron sorkin movie you'd be mistaken in thinking it's just testing you're thinking of molly's game which is a movie i have seen okay no i saw molly's game yeah yeah that was good molly's game is good aaron sorkin's a great writer <laughs> i like, like the newsroom i think is an aberration um, he just anyway. seems like an insufferable prick. Any, but he let's is. Just, yeah, he let's is. go back to Monk. No, but that's fine. The thing is, it's fine. Um, <laughs> it, you know, he, he's he's a great writer. 
but yeah, so he Monk is afraid of heights, and you're talking about how Ian Sykes is he's been chasing him. And yes, he's, he's trying to yeah. He's coming down a fire escape, and Monk, you know, because and that's the good thing about him is at least he tries. He always you know, tries. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. Yes, he always tries. Like he he's afraid. Of, he later in the episode he tries to go. He has to go into a sewer to follow yeah. him as he's like holding his uh, la- lady nurse. companion. Nurse. Uh, yeah, nurse. Yeah, I have more questions about that. You'll get but it anyway, so yeah, the the guy's coming down this fire escape. Monk mm-hmm. tries to go up it. Mm-hmm. And he's just frozen because he finally he does he breaks the cardinal rule if you're afraid of heights don't look down, period. Mm-hmm. And he does that, and so the guy you know just completely crawls down the ladder on the opposite like mm-hmm. he crawls over him yeah essentially and, and he gets yeah. away. And in actuality, a thing that like like I said, I don't see a lot of myself in his OCD stuff just because it's so much more extreme. And, like, I wish I was a neat freaking germaphobe. Uh, that's not how my mask bass itself at all. At least I'd make my room clean. But um, the look in his eyes when he realizes that he's powerless over his compulsion is something that, like, legitimately, like, that... It, it's it's That's spot, completely spot on. I don't know how much research Tony Shalhoub did, but there's a certain, like, resignness to the helplessness of your own brain that happens that, like, you're just... You feel horrible about yourself, but, like... No matter how bad you feel about your inability to do whatever you need to do, it you can't. Like, a monk, you, more than anything in the world, monk wants to obviously chase this guy and stop him. But like, you, there's nothing you can do about it. And I think that that you is know what you lot. know what it reminded me of. But um, that scene in Saving Private Ryan, where the corporal lets the mm-hmm. German dude like just kill that guy. Yeah, it was the same thing. He's just frozen. Yeah. Except he was just sitting on stairs. But yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's you know it's. It's really the uh, the classic monk thing, and of he's wants to do right, and 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 the thing is, I think monk. One thing monk does is, it un, it, like every show with consultants, he is unrealistically involved in like the actual catching of the bad guys, but that's fine. Um, but uh, and then there's a scene where Stamach chews him out, which one thing feels very incongruous with the rest of the show because like they kind of wreck on it, and you'll see. But Stamach and him are old friends in a way that I think is very sweet and like that now in the in future episodes Stalmer is the one who usually sticks up for him because I think that it doesn't really work without that because um, I feel like at least in the, rewatching the pilot comparison to all other episodes and we can talk about this when we get to them um, it feels like too many people are against Monk whereas like you kind of need someone on in his corner um, to vouch for yeah. him um, but anyway yes what are your questions about Sharona Fleming played by Biddy Schramm uh, first question is Sharona. I, I honestly just thought that was a song. I didn't. Even I mean, know that, that song was about. Named. Now, do you know the about who, the story about who that song being written about someone? My Sharona. I must. Oh, is it about like a little girl or something? It was like about a fifteen-year-old girl that the lead singer had, uh, was infatuated with. I don't think that they have her relationship, but um, not great. But no, apparently it is a name. Um, this is public available information, so I'll just let you know. Sharona does leave halfway through season three and is replaced. Um, okay, I wrote that down. I took notes. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite, uh, what is it? What's the word I'm looking for? Well, maybe you'll think of it. It's like a shtick, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, she's already threatening to quit the first episode. Yeah, uh, and I just I put I wrote that down and then I put what's the over under on the amount of times she threatens to quit? A lot. It happens a lot. Um, I'll say personally, and this is something to look forward to. I much prefer his second assistant. 
It's actually not close. Oh, so she literally goes and doesn't yeah. come back. She doesn't, yeah. She left the show. Um, and the f- a fun fact is that both actresses who play his... Well, she's a nurse, and then the next one's just an assistant. Uh, both of them basically stop acting after Monk. So that's fun. I don't know why. Um, the curse of Monk. The curse of Monk being the Monk's assistant. But, um, yeah, she leaves midway through season three, I believe, because of contract things. Um, but... I think she's very funny, and I think that she her energy is in is also sometimes in a different show, um, and you also sometimes do wonder like where did you get your medical license in like eighteen fifty? Like she's just so mean to him sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, yeah, well, yeah. She just reminded me like of I, I was getting uh, Lucy vibes from Twin Peaks. Have you? Have you I'm actually not a Twin Peaks guy. I apologize. Um, have you ever seen it? No, I haven't. If I, because I, if I, I mean, I would know who Lucy was because I'm an encyclopedic weirdo. Um, if I had, but uh, uh, anyway, ah, we can get to that on any later episode. But I have a couple more notes and a couple more questions. Um, sure. So, what did you think of uh, Benji Sharona's son's hair? <laughs> I was just thinking, like, has this kid ever been on anything before? Like, did he grow out of this? I hope he did. He doesn't I have that hair for the rest currently. of the time on the show, and he also is basically stopped acting. Um, well, he's only there as long as I'm assuming uh, Sharona's in there. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, yeah, I mean, I was... As someone that's never spiked his hair in his mm-hmm. life, I just... And it's 2002. I can't even, like, say the same. Oh, sorry. But, no, um, not no, 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 no. I I did it when under the age of exclusively under the age of ten, um. But like, I feel like there's a certain rite of passage where like, if you're uh, if you're a white kid with hair between a certain like two um colors, like if it's if it's like li- light at all, you're you're gonna get a spike haircut at one point. It just it it has to happen. His hair is pretty dark, but like everyone I knew who had my general hair color had spiked hair at one point. It's just it's a rite of passage. Um, well, it was never that spike. My hair doesn't stand up. My well, hair doesn't course, stand yeah, up. Yeah, use at gel. All. It's not. It's. Uh, I. I never. Really, I don't think I ever. No, had, but like. Yeah. yeah. Even if I put it on, it would like yeah. fall off. Yeah, I like think it's also a little long. Hour. I also never had more than just like the front bit. Um, but um, yeah, it definitely was something that I was familiar with, and it definitely you know didn't bring back good memories. Did, did you Did you have that haircut when you first watched like? No. No, but also once again, I never had that haircut because his whole hair is spiked. I had just like kind of like this or the like the middle. The soup in the front. The soup in the front and occasionally like for like, you know, if uh, if I had just gotten my haircut and the barber wanted to, like I would get it spiked that day for the whole thing. But um, anyway, I don't know. That's definitely a, uh, I feel like that's a, such a specific white suburban thing that it's uh, of that era where it's like, what do you do with your kid's hair? Just put gel in it. Like the amount of gel that was going around um now i have an exciting thing too another bit of recasting is that um you see his trudy his wife in a flashback now she gets recast eventually pretty uh relatively soon by an actress you definitely will recognize uh the one um melora harden aka jan on the office so that's much better ah she's really really good in it and whereas this person like doesn't say any lines and looks kind of like mira sorvino um yeah. So, well, I have one more note. Sorry, I made notes, but I put them on my computer, which I thought would make it easier, but it just makes it a little bit harder. Um, no, it's all right. So, oh, yeah. One last thing, because Monk has a lot of great nicknames, but the one that is coined in this episode, which I think is really, truly great, 
is, and it comes back again, is when they call him the defective detective. Is one of my favorite. Well, what, what did, did, did that stick out to you? Did you notice that at all? Because it is definitely something that comes back. No, I did okay. not. Did well, not hear it. It's great. Big fan. Um, and I was also very sad to not hear. Because uh, one of my biggest things with shows, mm-hmm. I'm such like a fickle person. But mm-hmm. if the TV show has a terrible introduction song. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate that show. Mm-hmm. It's the only reason why I can't watch 30 Rock. I fucking hate the theme song. Mm-hmm. And there was no, there was no, there was no theme song this time. That the theme song you hear when he's like washing his house is the theme song for the first season. And then I told you this through text that they do. Wait, but was there, was there a scene? Uh, yes. The... Yeah, it's it's shown as it's not a theme song uh, so much in regular terms in the pilot because a lot of pilots don't have theme songs, but. There's a scene right, where he's true. like cleaning his house when they show the credits. That's not th- necessarily a title oh, part. Oh, okay, yeah, that yeah. song, like yeah, yeah, that is the theme title for the first season. And then, and this is one of my favorite fun facts. It won the fir- the the uh, Emmy for best opening theme song. But before that wasn't supposed to be a theme song. Before the show ever began, they approached Randy Newman to write a song for it. And he wrote a song called It's a Jungle Out There, which despite winning an Emmy for Best Theme Song, they replaced the theme song from the first season at the beginning of the second season. People were mad, but Monk got the distinction that no other show has ever had, which is it won Best Theme Song for a show two years in a row for two different songs. I think that this is a great fact. You know, no, that's, who can claim that? No one just. Uh, but also, who's Randy Newman? Uh, he's the guy who made I Love LA. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know that you know that. Um, it's it's so funny that now I feel like only whenever people from LA talk about Randy Newman, there's such a like I think everyone respects him as a musician, but it's like such a like oh he made I Love LA. Whereas like everyone else in the entire world, it's Toy Story immediately comes up at least for our age. But like just I Love LA is just the first I think thing. it's mostly because I don't give a shit about Toy Story. I I've only seen the first one. I understand. Uh, um, and even though even though that might be the case, that, that being said, you you outfriended me, okay? It's... Sorry. Um, but also Toy Story is right, great. You know, Toy Story is great. Like, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to pretend that Toy Story is not a great movie. And I feel most people are on my side me. in this, so it's like I'm not going to be... Trust me. I realize I'm in the extreme minority That's fine. on this. Yeah, okay. I'm good. Anyway, so what I was going to say is let me get back to my notes so I can get this... So the episode ends with uh, Sharona being an idiot, and I mean this with all the love in the world, chasing Ian Sykes into a sewer. Uh huh. And then Monk has to face his fear and go into a sewer. Which, which she should have known this motherfucker wasn't gonna come back. Yeah. I I don't know what her plan was. Uh, I think that that's probably the biggest hole in the pilot. Is like it's kind of inexcusable what she thought her plan was. Um, yeah. And so Monk steals Lieutenant Disher's gun. Um. Which, you know, there's a lot of things I can say about that. And I'm not, you know, it prob- probably doesn't end with him getting patted on the back. Or maybe it does. Um, <laughs> who knows? Um, but he goes into the sewer. And the thing that didn't sit right with me with this is, like, I feel like even if you don't have OCD, it's still miserable. It's not like he's weird for not wanting to be in the sewer. <laughs> right. No, for sure. For sure. But, like, she had to have known oh, that course. there's no way Monk was going to follow exactly. her. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so he takes 
Randy's gun, and then eventually he's trying to... Sykes has Sharona captive and trying to shoot him, and he drops the gun. And then he has to reach into the dirty water and pick it up, and he uh, shoots him in the dark. He takes... He takes a literal shot in the dark. Yeah. Um, and he didn't kill him. No, he didn't. Which is definitely, that feels a little bad. He just Batman-esque. like grazed. He, yeah, that feels like Batman. He just cr- it's, okay. Yeah. It, now, don't get no, me wrong. It, that's, this is not a show where people don't die. Like, it's not. It's not. Right. That, that stuck out to me on this rewatch. Because it's like, it's not a show where. Like, obviously, there's not a ton of, you know, killing. It's mostly, almost everyone gets arrested. But. It's not something where, like, I expected that. It's not, like, so oh, they always have to, you know, live. Um, but uh, I also do think you can explain it with, like, he was shooting in the dark. So, like, I mean, it's not crazy <laughs> that he just, he grazed him. But, uh, yeah, so then Monk is um, a hero. And uh, he has a session with his therapist, which is a recurring, Dr. Kroger, great recurring character. Um, love that man. Um uh, I'm a big fan of my therapist. I would trade her for the world, but I might trade her for Dr. Kroger if he's a real person. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, but he's not ready to be reinstated. That also is a recurring theme, him being reinstated. Thankfully, it's very infrequent, because it is. I think they kind of realize, like, he's not even close. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, he's not going to get reinstated. Right, in the first episode, they made it seem like it's the next episode, he'll be back. Yeah. But clearly, I like, think I, I think they actually do that well, know. though, because I think that they make it clear that that's what he thinks. And... Stylemeyer doesn't treat it like that. You know what I mean? Like, he realizes, like, you're, what are you talking about? Like, uh, yeah. Um, so, the first episode of Monk done. These ones in the future will get tidied up. I think we'll have more structure, yada, yada, yada. But we have to get, we have to, get to a lot of stuff to outside of just the plot of the episode. Um, so after one episode, be honest, Andre, how do you feel about saying yes to my DM asking you to do this? Yo, honestly, um... I'm actually super excited for this. Uh, I thought it was going to be like a chore Mm -hmm. to watch this. Um, Don't get me wrong. Like, you're not going to catch me watching Burn Notice every week. I wouldn't expect you to. Once again, it's not not great. Yeah, but no, I'm like actually very excited for it. And I I mean, I watched it with my girlfriend um, because unfortunately I misread Jake's correspondence. I wasn't going to bring that up. I had no, I thought, I thought we were... I thought we were watching, like, I thought we were going to watch together and, like, comment yeah. on it, like, on some Mystery yeah. Science Theater. I, I was, like, I was not sure how the mics were going to work. Yeah, um, I apologize so, for that confusion, but it's all good. Um, I stay up late. Yeah, yeah. Work, so it's uh, no problem for me. Um, yeah, I knew that wasn't going to be a problem. Yeah, no, and, but, and that's, like, the first thing people know about me. So the funny, like, little footnote here is that I have never seen an episode of Psych. Mm-hmm. My girlfriend, who I live with mm-hmm. here in West Hollywood, we're here in West we Hollywood, Yes, WeHo. Um, <laughs> she, she's watched Psych before. In Tur- she grew up in Turkey. She's mm-hmm. only been here for like three-ish years. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh yeah, me and my mom used to sit around and watch Psych. It's a really fun, you know, really the fun thing is, show. I, I like feel- Psych more than I like Monk. I just think Monk makes for a better... No, sorry, I meant Monk. I meant oh, Monk. Monk. I meant oh. Monk. Monk. Jeez. Yes, I meant Monk. She's, she's, she's watched Monk before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe I'll lay off the whiskey. No um, but But yeah, so... I, she's my partner in this, so we're we are going on I'm this journey together. The thing that Monk does really yeah. well, and it's something I miss about procedurals, and I know you know this because you watch a lot of procedurals. There's like certain yeah. types of episodes that all of them inexplicably hit. Like the second episode of Monk is an episode that every procedural show hits. It's Mr. Monk and the Psychic. Every procedural has an episode where there's a psychic who tries to get involved. 
every procedural has uh-huh. an episode where people think it might be aliens. Every episode of procedural has it. Like they all, there's certain types of episodes they all hit. And Monk, there's tropes. Yeah, tropes. That's tropes, the one exactly. I was trying to find yes, earlier. Tropes. Yes, there's so, and I think Monk is so. I Psych does this as well. I think Psych does this even better. So Psych's mastery of genre is unbelievable. I, I know that Psych has like a like a Twin Peaks century. They have a whole like, Twin Peaks episode where they have the entire cast, Sans, Kyle McLaughlin. Right. Yeah. Um, yes. It's called Dual Spires. Is the name of the episode in the town. Um, but anyway, that but Monk is so unembarrassed like it on there's no irony to just like no there's the episode where there, there's a psychic involved there's the episode where there's and yeah i'm it some really great episodes coming up um anyone who uh wants to hear my thoughts on monk further uh that you know doesn't want to wait i did forever ago write on an old blog uh a ranking of the top 20 smartest murderers on monk so if you can find that read that yeah, andre don't read that spoilers um but uh <laughs> Let me just say that Ian Sykes and whatever the campaign manager's name are not on it. Um, uh, I'll let you know. When, when we get to one that's on there, um, I'll let you know. But I'm really excited to do this. Um, once again, thank you to uh, Demi Dejuibe for giving me his blessing to use this name. Um, and thank you to uh, my brother Michael for making the theme song. I hope he hasn't made it at the time of me recording this. But, you know, he, uh, I asked him if he could help, and he said he would. So, you know, uh, it is what it is. So yeah, that's all I'll leave you. And uh, Andre, thank you so much for doing this with me. I know that as these episodes go on, I'll talk less because this one I had to get a lot of stuff out about my history with Monk. But um, And hopefully we'll have guests on. Um, probably more from my life than yours just because I watched Monk, so I know who watched Monk. But I'll try to keep it... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think... I'll try to keep it to people who I think will be interesting. I'll definitely have... Um... There's one episode that my dad fully solved before the opening credits so i'm definitely gonna have i'll ask him if he'll be on for that one i just know that i have to it was it was uh we were watching in a hotel room the day of my aunt's wedding the morning of because we recorded the night before because of the uh the rehearsal dinner and five minutes in george christie pulled up in 50 and (laughs) got the whole thing (laughs) um but anyway uh yeah so i'll talk to you we'll talk to you guys later um and uh andre anything any clever sign off you have i mean this is me fully this is what in uh improv they call uh pimping out well let me just say a few things one there will be bits that that's going to be a thing that happens as i'm more familiar with this Mm -hmm. for instance my first fun fact creator of the show mm-hmm. which is who jake andy breckman what's early in his singing career apparently he was given the opportunity to perform as an opening act for don mclean mm-hmm. don mclean said no mm-hmm. and they still beef to this day i had an opportunity at mlu there was an andy breckman taught a sketch writing class yeah, i was just yes and i saw but, that 2016 but... Guess who? I don't know. I, I might have mentioned earlier in the episode that Monk was the first show for adults I ever watched, and it's one of the main reasons I ever wanted to go into television writing. I didn't get into the class, and I remember I mentioned that to a class I was in, and there was someone in there who had never watched Monk, wasn't even familiar with it at all, and was like, "Oh shit, I'm in this class." And I was like, "Give him a look, like, you motherfucker, drop out. You, this, you know how much this means to me. I didn't get <laughs> in the eye. I never met him. Never fucking met him. The dramatic writing department at NYU is five rooms at most, and I uh, don't even get me started. Don't even get me started." <laughs> If any of you know Andy Breckman, we can get him on here. Okay, let me just a call to action. If any of you know anyone who did anything with Monk, if they were like an extra and season two, episode seven, let me know. I a caterer. Talk to him. K- a ca- I mean, caterer. You learn everything with a caterer. Well, if you're going to say something, say it over donuts, you know? So, 
Rolled what in- does Tony Shalhoub eat every day? I mean, I had a, I actually did have a professor at NYU who was good friends with Tony Shalhoub, but she was definitely, uh, whereas a lot, almost all my art school professors were ones that were, you know, the type that you call them by the first name and I could, you know, reach out, yada, yada. She made us refer to her as doctor, so not gonna get Tony Shalhoub. Mm. But mm. Um, if you know Tony Shalhoub, I think it, pretty, it goes without saying that I'd like to meet him and shake his hand. But And also have him on the podcast, and but if- the first thing is more important for me. Um, anyway, we're, we've run long, but that's no problem. Um, it's a podcast. Just, just like a pilot episode, baby. We're yeah. running also, actually, we didn't a run, little we extra. We didn't run as long as I thought. I was thinking we were like an hour and a half. We're only at hour 11. All right. So, yeah. Talk to you guys next week when we talk about Mr. Monk and the Psychic. Let's get monkey. Let's get monkey.